In the name of the one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. Several years ago, I was having dinner with a friend of mine. Her name was Pat. And she uh, is a Presbyterian pastor. And she's also a psychotherapist. Now, we were talking, and I don't remember how it came up, but we were talking about our schooling. And she told me about how difficult it was for her to write her dissertation. And she said, she sat at the typewriter. You can tell how long ago that was. And she said she became paralyzed. And she just got so stuck. And she asked herself, what in the world is going on? Or if we use an image from today's gospel, we could say, what possessed her? She's smart. She's done a lot of school. She's very accomplished. What possessed her? Well, she realized. Because when she asked the question and she got in touch with what was going on in her head, she heard the voice of her parents Any of us have our parents still speaking to us? And the voices said, unfortunately, Pat, why in the world are you doing this? What a waste of time. And she decided that she needed to do something about these voices in her head. And so she took two pieces of paper and she put her mother's name on one and her father's name on the other. And she threw them both down on the ground and said, shut up. (laughs) And then she got to her dissertation, which obviously she finished and did very well with. We all, at some time or other, feel possessed by something. And I'm not meaning to diminish the possession that's described in the story today. But how many times have we ever said, what possessed me to do that? Or what possessed her to do that? Ernie Els is a very accomplished golfer. When he was 24, Jack Nicklaus anointed him the golfer of the future. Imagine at 24 to hear somebody like Jack Nicklaus anoint you as the golfer of the future. That was quite a while ago, and some of you may have read the article in the New York Times about Ernie Els and what happened subsequently to him. Well, he said at 24, as he reflects now, he realizes that he was ahead of his time as a golfer. Jack Nicklaus' voice rung in his head, in fact, 
For a while it possessed him. But he said, now as I look back, I realize that as a man, I was nowhere. He and his wife embarked on a path that would lead to both of their personal fulfillment, particularly Ernie. And they formed the Ells for Autism Foundation to raise awareness and money for this little understood neurodevelopmental disorder, which many of us are familiar with through friends and family. He said, as I look back on those events and who I was as a golfer, I was nowhere as a man. But he became engaged with his son and learned what it meant to allow his son to reveal himself to him. And both of them were changed by it. Life is full of events and circumstances and people that can possess us, divide us. Perhaps some of you are feeling like there's a lot of possession going around in the political world these days and other places. Energies that seem to take over people and they cease to be the self they were meant to be. We saw it happen in Nazi Germany. And these energies are so powerful that they actually can sweep up a nation. Ernie Els was anointed by Jack Nicholas, but in all reality, he forgot who really anointed him. God. The man in today's gospel has been anointed by his fellow villagers. He is known as the demoniac. He has no name. He's just the demoniac. Like the autistic child, the golfer of the future. Have you ever been anointed by someone in a way that takes away who you really are? So Jesus actually talks to the demons in this story. Demons related to diabolical, and diabolical actually means to disintegrate, to split apart. It's the opposite of symbol or symbolic, which means to integrate and to pull together. So when we are involved in our baptisms, we are involved in a symbolic act that is a call for us to be integrated, to become a self, to become uniquely who we're called to be. When Matthew baptizes a child, he says to the parents, name this child, and they give 
just the first and middle name, not the last name. When I was baptized, I was given the name Diana Barlow, Barlow after my paternal uh, grandmother. And as the older I get, the more particular I become about Diana. So when somebody calls me Diane instead of Diana, I become kind of possessed. (laughs) I don't know whether you're the same way. But there's something in a name. And throughout scripture, we find that names are very powerful. Out of the burning bush, God calls Moses, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. I am. I love that uh, song by Neil Diamond. I am, I said, I am. But sometimes people lose the capacity to say, I am, because of circumstances, because of voices in our heads, because of some image that possesses us, that's imposed from the outside and becomes an energy that we lose power over. So, After the baptism, Matthew turns to me, and I have the oil stock, the oil of chrism. And I take the oil, blessed by the bishop, and I make a cross on the child's forehead, and I say, you are sealed by Christ, by the Holy Spirit in baptism, and marked as Christ's own forever. Forever. We can forget that sometimes. And I think these days it's important for us to remember. We are marked as Christ's own forever. It is Christ. That symbol of the integrated self. Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, who takes us and marks us for a life of healing and wholeness. According to Origen, an early Christian theologian said the aim of the Christian is to become an inwardly united human being, becoming a true follower of Christ. Christ is symbolic. Christian community is about integrating us. It's about soul-making Last week when I heard about the overwhelming tragedy in Orlando, I felt deeply moved to do something about it. But I also felt kind of conflicted, if I must confess. I'm the associate rector. Can I just go ahead and do this? I don't know why that was going on in my head, but (laughs) I finally realized, of course, I can do this, this is the right thing to do. So I sent out an email and invited you to come, if you were able, with me to a vigil at Christ Church down the road. And some of you came and we walked together and some of you joined us there. And it was a beautiful night and a very simple service. And they had 49 candles on a multicolored blanket on the front 
of the sanctuary where we sat in a semicircle. And we sang simple songs. And we heard the names of every single one of those 49 read as people lit the candles. And there were young people that lit the candles every time a name was read. And the people who read the names was the sexton of Christ Church and his wife, who are Hispanic, because almost every single name was Hispanic. And you needed somebody who spoke Spanish to say the names properly so we could hear who those people were. Then we had some silence. And we heard the story of Elijah who runs away because he's being chased by Jezebel and who knows what else. And he hides in the cave and God goes by, the earthquake, the flame. That's not where he hears God. He hears God in the sound of sheer silence. Some of us know it is the still small voice, but the Hebrew really is the sound of sheer silence. And at that vigil, he kept silence. And I could hear God in that silence. It was as if we were being surrounded by a cushion of love, and we stood up to hold hands, and I looked around, and the diversity in this group of people was so inspiring. We were all different colors and sizes and shapes, And I left, I think we all left, feeling somehow as if we had been called home by God, no longer divided by what was going on in the world. We felt owned by Christ again. So in these days, when we sometimes feel shattered by life events, What can we do? We can do something. We have um, a young man in this parish named Alex Barney, who many of you know. And we got a call from him the end of the week to ask for his friend Danny Triano to be included in the prayers. Danny was killed in a car crash. Alex knew where to go. He knew where home was. He knew where his name was known, and he knew where Danny would be remembered. And his dad was at the 9 o'clock service today. So we will offer the Eucharist up in memory of Danny Triano, 17 years old terrible loss of such a young life. It can make us feel disconnected, possessed by grief or terror or anger or sadness, any one of the energies that are going around. But this is a sanctuary. This is where we come to remember who we are. We can do something. We can call and ask for prayers. 
we can reach out. Greg Zanis drove 1,200 miles to deliver 29 crosses to Orlando, each one with the name of one of the 49 victims from Pulse nightclub. 1,200 miles he drove from Chicago after hand-making these crosses, and he delivered them outside of Pulse, and people wrote prayers on them. And then he told the families they could take those crosses home with them. He knew how to silence any of the other voices that possessed him. So for any of us, what does it mean for us to go to Jesus, to trust Jesus, to allow ourselves to be called by our true names because we are anointed as children of God, we are anointed to be whole, We are anointed to found our lives on loving kindness, as the Collect says today. How about you? When you come forward for communion, how is God calling your name, calling you to be whole, calling you to act? Amen.